Today, we're looking at one of the things that could get you in the most trouble, and that's your ability to use your words in the wrong way. Hi, welcome to Grade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradeless. If you haven't been here before, this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. Our goal is to spend a few minutes together in God's Word, let active our minds, touch our hearts, and start to transform our souls. Today, we're looking at James chapter 3. Uh, we've been going through the book of James, kind of highlighting those key points. As always, my hope and prayer for you is that this is not the totality of your study, of your prayer time today. I hope it's just a catalyst that gets you thinking about, praying about, and meditating about God's wonderful word. And I hope it encourages you to spend much more time reading through this and just soaking up all the wisdom, knowledge, and love that God has to share in his word. So in James chapter 3, let's go ahead and jump in. Let's read what he has to say and then break it down for us. It says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a force is set aflame by such a small fire? And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body, and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. So as we look at the first half of James chapter 3, the main topic that pops out, that first note that we need to make, is that this is about how do we use our words. There, there's an unbelievable power to our speech, to the things that we say, and what they reflect about us. And, and so he starts by warning about teachers, because if you're a teacher... What do you do all day? Your instrument isn't your hands. Your instrument isn't your tools. Your instrument is your mouth. It's your words that you use. And so he's giving this warning to teachers because he's saying the most dangerous weapon you have are your words. And if you're a teacher, you're using those dangerous words all the time. And the reason that words are so dangerous to us is that they are a barometer of what is happening in our hearts. If in our hearts we have malice and hate and anger and evil, then in the words that we speak, you're going to see those things reflected. The language we use talks a great deal about what's happening in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls. And that's why it's so important for us to control our tongues and what we're doing. And, and, and what he kind of reflects here is because of the nature of that, because it reflects what's happening inside of us, often our words, though they seem small, they end up being a rudder that steers the ship. 
And think, how often have you said one dumb thing or said something, you know, mean or rude or something you knew you shouldn't have said or you poked somebody with just a couple, couple, you know, a couple words that you shouldn't have used. And all of a sudden, it starts conflict. It starts strife. It changes your actions. It changes your behaviors, all because you said the wrong thing. Our words have great power to them. And, and so as you and I think about our own lives, what we want to think about is, if our mission is to love God and to love people, then we should see our words bathed in language that reflects that we love God and we love people, right? Our, our words should be constantly about God, constantly about his grace, his mercy, his power, his love, his wisdom. And when we talk about others, we shouldn't be using our words to gossip and to push people down, but rather we should be using them to lift people up. We've got to control our tongues and use them well. And it's an interesting thing that he says here, right? He talks about all the things that can be tamed in this world, but he says one thing that can't be tamed is man's tongue. And, and, and so as you think about your own journey of sanctification, right? This process that every believer has, where from the moment we become a Christian until the moment we die, we are on a path to become holier and holier and holier, right? Our goal like it says in John 3.30, is I must become less and he must become more, right? Is that our lives will start to reflect Jesus Christ. And, and a lot of times we do that by looking at all kinds of behaviors that we need to modify. But I think James is telling us, if there's one place you want to focus, focus on your words. Because your words are going to reflect a great deal what's happening inside of you. And if you speak holy, if you talk righteous, then there's a great chance that you're going to see that have a bigger impact on the things that are happening in your life. All right, let's look at the second half of James chapter 3. So the second half of James chapter 3 says, Who is wise and has understanding among you? He should show his works by good conduct with wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism and hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. And so what's interesting is when James looks at this idea of being wise, he ties the wisdom directly to your actions. And, and that's such an important thing. He, he, he's reflecting on how the same thing we warned about with our speech, often we use our language to reflect that we're intelligent, that we're smart, that we're better than people, right? We use our fancy words and we promote ourselves and we tell stories that elevate our reputation. And what God is saying to us is, is, Yes, wisdom is a beautiful thing, but if you really want to see if someone's wise, it's not going to be reflected just in their words. It's going to be reflected in their actions of life. It's going to be reflected in the way they do things and the way that they live. And, and what a beautiful distinction for us to see that, yes, we need to match our speech to our actions and that our good deeds should reflect that we love God and that we love people and that we have a purity and a righteousness in our hearts. What's interesting about this wisdom, right, is, is that this wisdom is paired with gentleness and meekness. Right? If you look at what he says here, 
it, it talks about the fact that this wisdom has this, this compassion to it, right? Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. Again, just like somebody who's powerful, God could have come and he could have used his power to force us to worship him. But instead he came and used his power to serve us, to love us, and that motivates us to worship him. And that's the same kind of thing we want to see here. If you have great knowledge, if you have great wisdom, if you have great understanding, you don't use it as an instrument to push people down to elevate yourself. No, rather you use that to serve others and you use it with a gentleness and a meekness and a love that makes other people look at that and go, man, God is an awesome God and I can see a spirit of righteousness in you. I think the last connection that's important is it's much like when you talk about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Um, if we are in a right relationship with God, if our source of wisdom is God and God's Word, then we are going to see that a lot of what James is talking about starts to come to us more naturally. And, and I think this is an important distinction, right? Because often when people read James, the struggle that they have is, is they think, wait, so is this saying that it's all about works? Is this saying that it's my effort, my skill, my accomplishments that earn my path to heaven? No, it's not saying that at all. It's saying though, if you have genuine faith, if you have a genuine relationship with God, if you have biblical wisdom, then these things are naturally going to flow out of you, right? If these things are present, they will show themselves this way. And so, it's a reflection, not of you and your greatness, but it is a reflection of God's love, God's power, God's self-discipline being present in you. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. I hope that God uses you today. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day. And I encourage you that if you enjoyed the video, please subscribe so that you make sure you don't miss any of the content that's coming. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm.